0: Okay, in Hebrews 11 and verse 1, starting at verse 1. Now faith, which is absolute dependence and complete reliance upon Christ and the Word, is the substance or the substantiation and the assurance of things hoped for, which are guaranteed, but yet it is the evidence or the proving of things not seen for by it the elders obtained a good report we see that we'll see that in the 39th verse in Hebrews 11 through faith we understand that the worlds and not only the physical worlds but all the ages and the ages of eternity were framed by the word of god so that the things so that things which are seen we were not made of things which do appear to our sight. By faith, absolute dependence and complete dependence on the type that Christ was and is, Abel offered unto God a much more excellent sacrifice than Cain, we see in Genesis the fourth chapter and verse one, and in First John 3 and verse 12. By which, or through which, he obtained witness as an absolute testimony from God that he was righteous. God testifying of those sacrificial gifts that pointed to Christ. And by it, he being dead, killed by his brother, yet he would still speak the truth. By faith, Enoch, in Genesis chapter 5 and verses 22 to 24 offered was translated that he should not see death many believe this is a type of the rapture there'll be certain individuals that when christ appears in the clouds we see in first thessalonians 4 13 to 18 and first corinthians 15 51 and 52 many will not see death they will be raptured of course in enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found why Because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had obtained this testimony, that he pleased God because he was relying upon Christ. But without faith, without absolute dependence upon Christ and his word, having nothing to do with natural sight, it is impossible to please him yet with faith, Absolute dependence upon Jesus Christ and His Word, it is impossible not to please Him. For He that comes to God, when should we not come to Him? In Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 30. For He that comes to God must believe that He is. Is He? Is He? Is God greater than anything? Is He treasured more than anything? He that comes to God must believe that he is. He is. The enemy says, no, he's not. Faith through the word and God giving witness to it says, he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently, spudazio, quickly, without hesitation, seek him. By faith, Noah We see as as reported in Matthew 24 and 37 and 38 and in 1 Peter 3 and verse 20. By faith, Noah, again in the 8th chapter and ninth chapter of Genesis, being warned of God of things, notice this, not seen as yet. Notice that. God warns people, Christians today, about things that are not yet seen, but they're real, and they're real, and when people don't respond, and when, when things do come, there could be danger. So again, by faith Noah, being warned of God of things not as yet seen by sight, he built an ark and preached for 120 years, mocked by multitudes, because they couldn't see it by natural sight. They couldn't comprehend their circumstances and situations. Just like a believer, no matter what we go through, should never, ever allow the sight of circumstances and situations to be the thing that's our guide. No. 120 years he preached, and they were warned of God of things not seen as yet. And yet, in one night, it was over, except for eight that went into the ark, which was a type of Jesus Christ. And warned of things of God, not seen as yet, moved with an absolute godly reverence, prepared an ark. Did you see that? Isn't that awesome? This man was the head of his family. And him being warned of God, as a testimony through the word, He prepared an ark. That's what a man of God does. That's what a husband does for his wife and for his family. He prepares an ark to the saving, to the delivering of his whole house by the which he condemned the world. Very interesting in Acts 17 and verse 31. There, The resurrection is proof of two things. One, we'll never see judgment in Christ. He's our righteousness. Two, the world is judged. It's just waiting to happen. That world that many Christians go to to try and seek peace is something that God has already judged. As a matter of fact, it was judged, literally, through the sacrifice in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. And that whole world system in Genesis chapter 4 and 16 and 17 was already condemned and is brought out as a testimony and witness in 1 John 2 and verse 17. It is on its way to being ended, every single thing about it. And so he did so, prepared an ark to the delivering of his house by which he condemned the world, just by he was living, condemned the world and became the heir of the righteousness which is by complete faith dependence upon Christ his person, the work that he accomplished. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out When he was called to go out at the end of the 11th chapter of Genesis, called in the 12th uh, chapter in the first three verses, when he was called to go out into a place, like many have done, called out to leave a place, which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, notice this, not knowing where he went. But he followed him who did know. By faith he sojourned, he dwelt in the land of promise, as as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles, tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And this is brought out again in Hebrews, the 13th chapter and the 14th verse, we look for a better city that you can't even compare to this, because Christ is there through faith also Sarah received strength to conceive seed, notice that, that's what she did we see the reality of that is brought out in, in beautiful places. One of them is, is Galatians, the fourth chapter and the 22nd verse. The promise was given to her in Genesis 18 and verses 12 to 14, fulfilled again in Genesis 21 and verse 6. She received strength. The grace of God to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was way past the age of her doing anything about it or having a place in it other than just receiving it because she judged him faithful who had promised. In other words, even when she doubted, God was faithful to her because even if we are not faithful in Second Timothy 2 and verse 13, He abides faithful, he can't, and he won't deny himself. Therefore, sprang there even of one, one person obeying, what can that have? What kind of an effect can one person have in obedience? And him, Abraham, as good as dead, helpless and hopeless in himself, he has so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore, innumerable. These all died in faith, absolute dependence. Not having received those promises didn't stop them from believing them and knowing how real they were. But having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them, and boy does God need to persuade us, to trust in him not by sight not by thoughts that aren't his not by our emotions not by our circumstances or our situations and they were persuaded of those promises and they embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth in this worldly system is brought out again in testimony in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 11 For they that say such things declare, make it plain, all that they seek a country. A country where they'll never, ever be separated from him again. Never, ever separated from those loved ones that are born again. They'll never be separated from them again. What a place. What a country. What would heaven be without our Savior? There wouldn't be one for any of us. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country, and boy, so many Christians need to hear that today, just as many people in our little local assembly need to hear. If they had been mindful of that country, from that particular place where God called them, from where they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is a heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. Of course, again, this is brought out in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 10. We have a Savior. That's Christ. And he is not ashamed. He's not ashamed because both he that sanctifies and them that are sanctified are all of one and therefore he's not ashamed in Hebrews 2.12 to call them brethren brought out on that prophetic psalm that many believe that Christ quoted on the cross in Psalm 22 and verse 22. Well, that's the facts on that. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, how, how deeply was he tried? He offered up his Isaac, his Isaac, only son and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son of whom of whom it was said that in Isaac because he obeyed God will all your seed be called accounting, reckoning adding it all up, the Gizamai, that God had that ability that supernatural ability to raise him up, even from the dead, from where also he received him in a figure. We see that in Genesis, the 22nd chapter, when Abraham would say, in response to the question of his son, where is the lamb, where is the sacrifice? And he said, in response to him, in trusting God Almighty, my son God, what? will prepare a lamb for himself. God will provide a lamb for himself. Do you see, in that sense, in Genesis, the 22nd chapter, Isaac was spared, the only begotten son of Abraham. But Jesus Christ, the only uniquely begotten son of God, in John 1, 14, who became, who was the word, eternal word, he became flesh, dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glories of the only begotten, son of God he was filled up with all that grace and truth is and no one no created being in John 1 18 has ever seen God in all his fullness but yet it's Jesus Christ the son he coming out of him putting on that humanity has spelled him out and there's where we get our term gospel God spelling out the reality of who he is through his son who he did not spare because, again, of the truth. The fact is, by God not sparing His only Son, in Romans 8 and verse 31, and in Psalm 56 and verse 9, God is for us. Sight may be the lie that dictates otherwise, but the assurance of God is He is absolutely for us. And it takes far more grace far more strength, and far more dependence and a greater manifestation of the ability of the light and glory of Christ in a vessel that's not taken out of a bad circumstance, but that passes through it as a witness to not only angels, multitudes, in First Peter 1 and verse 12, but Christians are unsaved people as they look into our life and see that we have the same circumstances and maybe even more deep, but they see, they see a testimony and a witness of Christ in us. He was accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from where also he received him in a figure, a type. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. We see it again in Hebrews 12 and verse 16, and we see it in Malachi chapter 1 and verse 2. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped. He worshiped and leaning on his staff in Genesis 47 and 31, leaning on his staff, the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel. And he gave commandment, gave that commandment, concerning the bones, his bones, there. And we see that in Genesis, the 50th chapter, and the 24th and the 25th verse. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months We see that is brought out as testimony in Acts the second chapter in the 20th verse and we see it also in the second chapter of the book of Exodus. Moses was hid three months of his parents and here we even have the type, a beautiful type, even with those three months of his parents hid. They put him in in what was an ark. It was made of wood woven together and pushed out on the waters, but it was a form of the ark, safety. Moses was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. In other words, a child that was in the plan and will of God. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he came to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, so brought out in the book of Exodus, choosing rather to suffer affliction, oh boy, with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Oh, to have Christians today! We have far more than any of these people in the in the in the uh, chapter of Hebrews eleven that we're reading. We have so much, far more than them. And oh, isn't it? an amazing privilege when Christians choose. They make a choice to they, to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than to go back into the world and enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ and all those reproaches in Psalm 69 and verse 9 went on him and all of us fill that up as part of our privilege with him. In Colossians 1, and verse 24 and Philippians chapter 1 and verse 28 it's not only for us to experience this resurrection life right here and all the promises but also part of that oneness is suffering affliction because he's apportioned it to each and every one of us and measured it by his grace and his unconditional love and the perfection of his wisdom yep for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, a type of the world system, and everything it had offered him. Like Paul, he, everything he had in Philippians 3.8 when he met Christ, it just was a pile of dung. Moses forsook Egypt. We see it very plainly in the scriptures. He forsook it in Exodus 12 and verse 41. He forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, For he endured. He went through incredible affliction and suffering. And he endured with patience. Why? Because he was seeing him who was invisible. Just like those that saw Christ. Was Christ a a beautiful man in terms of his humanity? In Isaiah 53, and verse 2, no, he wasn't. There was no beauty in him that we would desire him. But when they saw him, they saw that he was just more than a man. In John 1, verse 14. We, it says, we beheld his glory. the glory is of the only begotten of God. He was He was the fullness of all grace and truth. and what an amazing thing to understand for us right now, especially with what we have. He endured as seeing him who was invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should not touch them. We see that in Exodus, the 12th chapter, in those first 14 verses. By faith they passed through the Red Sea. In Exodus, the 14th chapter, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. Did you see that? They didn't turn and run tail. God took them out of Egypt. And where did he lead them? He led them right to the Red Sea of impossibility. Mountains on the left hand, impossibility. Mountains on the right, impossibility. If they were to turn and go back, all their enemies, the fear, the doubt, and all the things that they had left were right there waiting to consume them. And while they sang his song when they were delivered in Exodus, the 15th chapter in the first and second verse, while that was going on, they sang. But as soon as God led them to that impossible situation, okay, they were laying in their beds all night, sleepless, murmuring, murmuring in doubt. And we know that in Romans fourteen twenty three, he that doubts is damned if he eat, And God's not damning them; they're self condemned. He that doubts is damned if he eats, partakes of it because whatsoever. Is not a faith is sin. Whatsoever, not is trusting God is just sin. It's very simple, in the scriptures, and we see that very, very clearly. And all night they were doing that. And while they were in their beds, going by sight, looking at their circumstances, all, and not by their sight, but God gently moving back the Red Sea, and preparing a place for them, that only God could do Himself. And what a beautiful picture. What testimonies that you and I have right now is so amazing. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry, by dry land, which the Egyptians thought they could do, apart from Christ, apart from their Lord, apart from God, to do were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho... The walls of Jericho we see here by faith in Joshua the 6th chapter in the 20th verse. The walls of Jericho fell down. All those walls of impossibility, they fell down. Do you know why? Because they were told to march around the walls of Jericho. The walls of Jericho, they were a type of the flesh, a type of the impossibility of ever having anything to do with Christ. They were told to go around seven times, which is a type of the finished work. They had pictures. They had candles in there, which were lights, which would speak of, we have this treasure in these fragile clay jars that the excelling power is only of God, never of us. In 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But as they went around, they would a shout that seventh time and break their pitchers, and the light would shine. That's what God has to do with us, with our circumstances and situations that we're in. He causes them to break us so that we become a broken vessel. The light of Christ will not only shine out to us, but to many others we see in the Scriptures. And they were to do it about seven days. And on that final day, with that final shout, the walls, with broken pitchers and light shining, fell down. By faith, the harlot... Rahab, as brought out in Matthew, the first chapter, in the fifth verse, and in James 2, at verse 25, by faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not. Notice that? She perished not with them that did not believe. When she had received the spies, those godly spies, that were bringing her a message of deliverance with peace, and that's the message that always, that God gives To us and we're to give to others That Christ is our peace In Ephesians 2 and verse 14 And that bloodline of Christ Was flowing right through The harlot Rahab And what will I what, What will I more say For the time would fail me To talk of Gideon And 1 Samuel 12 and verse 11 Of Barak We see in Judges 5 and verse 1. Of of who? Of Samuel we see. S- uh, Samson, I should say, in Judges 16 and verse 1. And of Samuel we see in Acts 13 and verse 20. And of the prophets, listen, who through faith dependence, complete dependence upon Christ and his word, subdued kingdoms that came against them, because we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers, the rulers of the darkness of this particular time, spiritual wickedness in the heights. Ephesians 6, 12, and 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and verse 4. Well, who through faith subdued kingdoms, That their, their righteousness was wrought, because it was a work in Numbers 23, 19 to 23, that God had brought and wrought and finished in the type, but with Christ coming in time to fulfill it. And what? They wrought righteousness. They obtained promises. You see that in Genesis, the 12th chapter, verses 1 through 3. We see it again in, Gen- in Genesis, the 17th chapter, in the first three verses. They obtained promises. And they stop the mouths of lions in Daniel 6 and verse 22. And I don't know if you've ever seen those pictures where Daniel was in the lion's den, and maybe you saw one or two lions. When you study it, you realize there were over 1,100 lions hungry there when he was put in to that pit where those lions were. And did God stop it? Did he deliver them? They stopped the mouths of lions. That's what their faith allowed God to do, stop the mouths of the lions. And folks, we need to cast all our care upon him, and all of it, and not hold on to it. All our anxiety, anything that would cause it in First Peter 5 and verse 7, because he does care for us. Because we have an enemy who walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may slaughter and swallow down whole with the details of life, and the circumstances, and the situations, and the thoughts that aren't God's, and the emotions that become the result of that. They quenched the violence of fire, those three Hebrew boys, in Daniel chapter 3, in verses 24 to 27. They escaped the edge of the sword, and out of weakness... Out of weakness. And boy, what a picture this is. Christ was crucified in the weakness of humanity. But what strength came out of it? And we see that in Second Corinthians 13 and verse 4. And out of weakness we're made strong. And folks, that's what we don't want to be. We don't want to be weak in ourselves. Fact is, we are and made strong. They wax valiant and fight and turn to flight the army of all those alien enemies Woman received their dead, raised to life. Oh, what a picture that is in First Kings 17 and 22 and Second Kings chapter 4 and verse 33. They were raised to life again. Again, thank God, speaking of the resurrection life that's ours in Christ in Romans 8 and verse 11. And see, we see others who were tortured, not accepting deliverance. You get a chance, you read the Fox's Book of Martyrs. And if you think we have it tough, folks, if you think we have a bad day, folks, challenge God, I challenge all of us to read just a little bit of the Fox's Book of Martyrs who would not deny Christ and were tortured and burnt at the stake. Not accepting deliverance, not that kind of denying him, that they might obtain a better Resurrection, we see that in Hebrews 6, 2, and we see it again beautifully brought out in Revelations 20 and verses 5 and 6. Others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yet moreover of bonds and imprisonment. Our apostle himself, the apostle Paul, where some of the most beautiful deep truths are brought out in those prison epistles. He endured as seeing him who was invisible, And we have those prison epistles, the truth of the height of the Christian position in Christ, higher than any people group in all the Bible, in all of eternity, in Ephesians, Colossians, and so forth, and Philippians, and so forth. They were stoned. They were stoned in 2 Chronicles 24 and 21. Folks, and understand, little stones weren't thrown at them. People, when they were stoned, Were put into a pit, and others above them stood in a circle and took boulders and threw them down on them. That's stoning. That's the proper picture. They were were stoned. They were sawn asunder when you study about Isaiah. They took the prophet Isaiah. They hollowed out a log and stuffed him in it, and they did not cut it in half. They cut it lengthwise. They were tempted you know what in James 1 12, Blessed is the man or the woman that endures patiently under temptation? For when he is tried, because the temptation's not from God, it's to try them. their faith dependence, their witness and testimony of Christ in them and with them through it all. They were tempted and were slain with a the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, just like John the Baptist, who was fulfilling in Isaiah forty, verse three. And we see that again beautifully brought out. Beautifully brought out in John the first chapter when he would cry out, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. In John 1, 29 and 36. Being destitute. Boy, if we think we're destitute in our circumstances and situations, geez, I wonder what's going on in India and Africa and some of these other countries. Afflicted. Tormented of whom the world, listen to this, of whom that whole world system under Satan was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, didn't receive the promise while they were still alive. But oh boy, when they saw him face to face, boy, wasn't he the answer, the fulfillment of every single desire. In Psalm 37, in verse 4. God having, listen, for this is for us, the church today. God having provided some better thing. Listen, folks, for us. He's not against us. He's for us. Don't go by the lie of the circumstances and situations. We're in Satan's worldly system. We're in it, like Christ was in John 17, 14. But we aren't of it. Our circumstances, our situations, thoughts that aren't his, emotions that aren't his, are not our guide. He's provided some better thing for us, Christ himself, that they without should not even have been at that point made complete. And this is why, wherefore, this is the wherefore, it's saying, see all these witnesses and testimonies? Wherefore seeing, I want you to see, and he's saying tonight, do you see this? Do you see the reality of me in their lives? Seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us, who have even far better than they, lay aside every weight. Anything that causes anxiety, doubt, and fear, lay aside every weight. Because if we don't and try to carry it when we were not designed to carry it in Psalm 55 and verse 22, 1 Peter 5, 7, because our frame is only dust in Psalm 103 and verse 14. Because if we try and do what we can't do apart from him, it will add to sin, which easily entangles and trips us up and we no longer run in the race of patience and going forward. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Paul here, who I firmly believe wrote this through the power of the Holy Spirit, obviously, was picturing the Greek games. Long before they entered that game, there was a time, years of preparation. And then by the time they were to run that race, they stripped themselves down to almost everything, and that's us. Laying aside every care, every worry, Every false responsibility, every false need, so we can run with patience the race that is set before each individual. And then we need to look away. Look away, folks. Look away from all that would distract. And and the enemy would do that with a lie of sight. Look away from all that will distract a million and one things the enemy has waiting unto Jesus because who is he? Who is Jesus? He is our leader and when you stop following your leader the enemy comes in. But he's the leader and finisher of our absolute faith dependence who for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross. He lightly esteemed the shame which was brutal, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Folks, tonight, consider him. Consider him. Not your circumstances, not your situations, not your job, not your finances, not where you live, not what you're going to do. Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Because if you don't consider him, you will be wearied and you begin to faint in your mind. And if you faint in Proverbs 24 and verse 10, if you faint in the day of adversity, it's because your strength is small. You have a small soul. No room for Christ. Other things have moved in. You have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. It's not against people. Your circumstances are mine. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks unto you as unto children. My son, despise not, do not lightly esteem the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when you are rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens in love and scourges every son he receives. We have so much to be thankful for. We have so much. We will continue, any of us in the flesh, to be thankless when we take our eyes off of him who endured so much in his deep love for us. So, Father, thank you, thank you so much for this word tonight. You are so faithful. We love you. And, Father, thank you. And we're going to, by your, by complete faith dependence alone, Christ alone, grace alone, we will continue to do so. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.